Matt Ryan here, and folks, the countdown is on. If you want to be my boss, if you want to own a piece of the A7FL, the time is now. We are counting down until November 7th. That is right, November 7th, the day before Election Day, is the last day of our Start Engine campaign. So we want you to sign up right now. Go to startengine.com slash A7FL and sign up. Once again, that's startengine.com slash A7FL. are coming to America. Oh, wait, we're already here, but it's time for the A7FL 3-on-1 podcast. I am your host, as always, Matt Ryan, and I'm joined this week by the lovely and talented Corey Hammond and Big Rob Fabian, my quarterback in the man that protects the line. You know he's Pachata Bob in the streets, but on the pod, he's Big Rob. Gentlemen, this is the 14th episode of this show, and we're still on the air. We're still being streamed. People are still listening to us. We crossed a big listening threshold last week, so we thank you for everybody who listened to the show. Uh, a lot going on in the A7FL. We have Reno and Los Angeles having their combines uh, when we're taping this on Tuesday and this past weekend. It's heating up. Registration's now open, guys, and if you have not signed up to the A7FL yet and you're talking, all these people out there with their fucking Twitter fingers and their IG comments talking shit about our athletes in the A7FL and how they can do that. And they'd run up the score. They'd own the league. Please sign up a7fl.com slash players. That's a7fl.com slash players. Guys, I, I want your opinion on this. When you see people like that in our Instagram comments or Twitter comments or posting on Facebook or just people, you know, like when that sports center video dropped, and there were so many people talking about case take talking out of the side of their neck in regards to case on Campbell in our league. I just, I want to see someone try it. That's why I want the YouTubers. I want a, a game between us and these YouTubers to prove like, yeah, we're legit athletes. And if you think you can run up the score in this league, you're going to get cooked, served and then reheated. Yeah. And it's funny because most of the people that talk, the answer is sure go sign up and then i've never seen anyone that's ever said any of those things ever on film um but what's even better is i think the the fans that say that they could do it they want to do it or their their twitter fingers are happy to respond that they're better at doing it than the guys they're watching um that's not usually the opinion we hear from guys that are, are capable of potentially playing but choose not to because we were just talking about the pre-show, Rob, right? A lot of guys that play football, when they're not in the, the normal padded situation, they gravitate towards flag. And Rob mentioned it very clearly why. And I'm not going to necessarily go into it. Yeah, I don't think I'll repeat it. It, it requires still, still. A certain, certain appendages, and they're not phalanges or limbs. So – having those appendages means that you're stepping on the field and you're not just talking like I do on this podcast. You're suiting up like I do on Sundays. And we welcome, we welcome the smoke. We welcome the hate and we welcome anyone that would like to, to touch that field. Unless like we talked about on, on Twitter, it's Micah Parsons. And then I am in trouble. <laughs> yeah. A lot of guys, Rob, were talking on social media NFL players complaining about the officiating, saying it should just be seven on seven. 
I would love for the A7FL referees to be calling an NFL game because we have had Will Franklin, who's the senior official of the A7FL. He's an he's a listener of the show, big fan of the show, and will message myself, Corey Hammond, big Rob Fabian, with unadulterated thoughts. Now, if you think the guys commenting on Instagram saying, oh, they're, these guys are pussy, are, this is a referee, and he is just... When you're an open-minded referee, outside of Danny Davis and the World Wrestling Federation or Nick Patrick and World Championship Wrestling, it usually doesn't end well. No, not at all. <laughs> not at all. <laughs> Ask BIC in the 2017 fall. What happens when yeah, uh, nothing happened? No one was there. No one. I was there. Nothing I was happened. there. That was my that was my, my one head to head win against BIC. Nothing happened. <laughs> ask my guy Luch. Ask my guy Luch, who was just there to earn fifty bucks if nothing happened. And Ken Stansbury will tell you. Luch won a championship, scared. did he not? Did didn't Luch play for BIC? Not after that, he didn't. But let's talk about controversial calls for a second because I think 2021, heading into 2022, outside of BICU in terms of a rematch people wanted to see, was the BIC and the Gators because of the end of that Final Four game in 2021. Corey, you and I were on the call for that. Rob, you were in the building because I believe... No, I, was, I was doing security, yeah. <laughs> I was I was definitely doing, secu doing security and I was responsible for escorting the referees off of the field during that specific game. Yes. So can you break down what you saw on the field as a, not oh, just the, the play itself, because when you look at back at that play on social media, because I believe that game is on the a seven FL YouTube channel. If not, you'll be able to check it out on demand on stadium uh, 2021 replay coming, I believe this month, if not in November, but guys, Rob, that game, that whole game was game of the year to that point before the no, championship game. A hundred percent. And I, I'm trying to figure out which play specifically you're talking about because the, the, it, 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 drive, it was that final was drive. Least, yeah, there was at least three or four plays where the calls were so fifty, like it, it could have either went, it could have went either way, and it's like. The refs were doing their best to call it straight down the line. But if you ask me, and of course, if you ask me, they're going to be like, oh, I'm just a BIC hater and all this other stuff. I think Ace got in. I think he scored. But again, I, again, I'm not a referee. And I thank God I'm, I did referee in this league, but I thank God I no longer am. I am an analyst. <laughs> I am an announcer now. <laughs> so I am safe up in that booth. But that, that yes, keep telling game, him it was upstairs and not in yeah, a basement. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, they made the the call to the best of their ability. Not everyone is ever going to agree with the call. This it's always going to be fifty percent that agree, fifty percent that don't agree with the call. And it's the ref's job to stand on it, whether they're right or wrong on the call. I think that that call was such a bang-bang play that if anybody had a problem with whatever the refs called, then they could have decided it earlier on in the game or that play specifically. Um, that game was so good, and the two teams were so close that day. 
of course it came down to a, a bang bang decision from a guy that's doing the best that he can watching bodies flying all around and everybody giving 110% effort because on that final play, both of their team seasons literally were in the balance. And for ace boogie, John Gauze, it was his career in the balance. And everybody put everything on the line. And I will just get, say this about our refs. They make mistakes. And I've heard the, the guy from the, the Florida playoff game where the Nightcrawlers played the D.C. Buzz um, looked real similar to a former NBA ref, Tim Donaghy. And now he was wearing a mustache, so I don't know if it was fake or real. No, wow. this is totally – that's a a totally shot. 100% that is, that is a That is a comedic, humorous moment from Corey Horatio Hammond IV. Very funny. Very – Ha ha giggles. But the, but joke. to be to to be clear, my my original point, other than the joke, so nobody clips the wrong thing and tries to make it, you know, something <laughs> other, other than what it is. Our refs do a great job, and every ref unit, every group of referees, umpires, uh, you know, whatever you want to call them in 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 tennis, judge, I think they're always going to make mistakes. They're human beings. The fact is, is that when it comes down to it. Teams have to make it so that a bad call from the refs isn't what decides the game. Nah, say the line, Corey. What's the rule, Corey? Every football the player knows this rule. Ref say calls it, it. The ref calls it. That's what happened. And don't leave that shit in the ref hands ever. If you, don't. If you leave it you in the ref don't. hands, you already made a mistake. So I you think I think the Gators, the Gators, the Gators had to stand with their guys and say that they felt like they won that game. Just like Ryan Shamar to this day will talk about and and very calmly explain to you why he felt the 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 plays at the end of the championship last year came into question. But at the end of the day, whatever the refs call is how it goes down. And if you leave it up to the refs, you made a mistake. And I think I think that's one of the things, Rob, I'll I will allow you to elucidate on your point in a moment. That makes the A7FL pretty great, is that we as a league have so many exciting games that come down to these narrow margins. It happened in the 2022 championship game. It happened multiple times in the playoffs this year. And in 2021, we saw in that final four game against the Gators. I think that that's one of the big edges. If people have never watched the A7FL before, if you've never watched a game, if the only time you watched it was when the snow trap, sorry, Corey, uh, were beaten 80 to nothing in. I wasn't there. I know. I'm just apologizing for saying it again, because uh, because that was one of the and also the time where the the force uh, got uh, blitzed, the leagued, and Rob's dam became viral. Uh, the that's the great thing about our league. Like when you're watching football this fall, there's a lot of exciting things, but there and there was some... a lot of great games too, right, Matt? Yeah. And, and that the, kind of sets us up. I think the the great games of 2022 really make the lead up to 2023 and 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 some of the the matchups that we might get like really interesting to kind of hypothetically think about, especially with all these changes going on behind the scenes. Yeah, what's the one game you think that should start 2022, 2023? Come on, now. come on now, it's only two games. It's only two games that anyone would care about to start the year off. But, I mean, it's like you don't want to blow your load in one shot, right? But I would love to see a rematch between Rare Breed and the Nightcrawlers. 
because come on, who the hell wouldn't, right? Rabbit yeah, I think everyone does want to see BIC and the U play again. Exactly. But I think it would be a little bit. I think it's a little bit, a little bit less climactic if it was the first right, game right. of the season. You don't want it to be the first. And that was my second game. But it's like I don't know yep. if I would want BIC versus the U game one. We just watched them play three times in the last year. Two, two or three before that. Let's let's pause on them. I would like them to see. I would like BIC. And the U not to even be on each other's schedule this year. I, I don't think they should be on each other's schedule at all. But the first game I'd love to see. Come on now, Rare Breed versus the Nightcrawlers, please. Now I wish that we could have just ran it back right after that game and just seen what would happen in a three-game series, right? You know, <laughs> with, with, the, the, with the with the with the, I think they definitely would have lost one of the three, maybe two. Um. That's for sure. But I think also what's really interesting is, is that a lot of the whispers that are occurring in the prospective Maryland and Florida divisions, you know, they have to, they might, they might make that game look a lot different. Let's assume that both quarterbacks are there, which is something that we've talked about multiple times on this podcast that is, is likely a hypothetical situation to not happen with, with next year, uh, a full off season for the rare breed to kind of, you know, fix some of the things that they messed up and another full off season since the night crawlers were able to face that next level of competition. What do you think happens when, if, if, and when these teams, if they do get a chance uh, square up in 2023 guys, same exact teams from that specific day same exact players same exact everything i don't think rare breed leaves with the win i just don't i don't think they win i don't think so at all i think rare breed loses i i think the only reason why rare breed won is because everything had to happen for them exactly how it happened like buck has to get hit the way he got hit it's like everything fell right into place for them to win Nightcrawlers were playing around too much. They were joking. They were dancing. They weren't, he didn't run out, you know, he ran out of bounds when he should have just stayed inside. Like, it's a lot of things that just went perfectly for Rare Breed to win because it just seems like Rare Breed was supposed to win. Cool. But in reality, you run that game back right now with the same exact squad, same players, same help, same everything. I can't, I couldn't fathom Rare Breed beating those guys again. Well, I have an interesting thing to say, and, and Matt, I'll let you go. I'll just be real quick. That's a lie. We all know that's a lie. <laughs> Big ass lie. Holy. I know the fans are just like, Corey? Quick? Nah. Nah. <laughs> we ever did a video podcast. Every time Corey would talk, we would just have a countdown corner in the bottom, oh of, the, bottom of the screen. Matt, Matt, and every time, every time, every time, every time, leaving red zero for about a minute. And just make sure there's like a camera on the facial expressions I make while Corey talks. Please. <laughs> I, listen, we would go viral so fast. Please. Don't make it. Oh, I can't wait to call games with you fucks again. <laughs> it's going to be fun, man. I can't wait. Like, that's the thing I hope everybody gets from this show is that we actually all like each other and enjoy doing right. sports with one another. <laughs> 
Because I feel and like even more so, even more so, I think we all enjoy making fun of me because it's easy and fun. Because it's so fun, but nobody's a bigger fan than me and Matt when Corey's out there doing his thing. You know what I'm saying? So we exactly. are Corey fans, but oh, we, Corey we are also a Corey fan. <laughs> we are members 17 and 18 of the Corey Hammond fan club, mainly right. because Jess and the kids are, you know, one through one through 17. Well, Corey, Corey is one through ten, and then Jess and the kids are one through sixteen. <laughs> Corey, we so love you. Rare, so rare breed <laughs> earlier on in the season, guys, last year, right? So I think what's interesting is is that the the buck and the rare breed that face the night crawlers in let's say week 10, 12, whatever, I'm not doing the, the math or counting. That's a little bit of a different look than if if the rare breed caught the night crawlers, maybe say like a week one or two. Now week right, one for the right. rare breed thing, because they still had Lenny starting and they were still figuring out because they were that co- the, the combination type team. But let's say that in the beginning of the season, the buck that we saw and were ready to give the MVP that beat the U let's say it's that buck and not the buck that we saw in the second half of the, the night crawlers game in which we've spent a lot of our you know, 13 previous episodes in this podcast, having debates, arguing almost, I feel like, guys, with ourselves, right. whether whether Buck is the reason that they're good or Buck was the reason that they failed. And it always seems that based on the evidence just of last year, that the answer is both. So let's talk about earlier on in the season, Buck, the rare breed in week two, three, they faced the U. That was a great performance. And I think that performance from the rare breed beats the night crawlers heads up just plain ball because it's a similar if you think about it, it's a similar type of style that you played especially that game against the rare breed that the night crawlers brought to new jersey in 2022 what i'm interested to see is the competitive spirit from not only the night crawlers but the florida division in general in in previous weeks we've talked about two major guys that get a lot of you know, I guess publicity, but, you know, we'll see what that means that are leaving Florida to go to Nevada. And, and some of the conversation we heard from both Mark Cooper and then what we heard from Rashad Davis on the other side of the ball, the Vegas guys, shout outs to Derek Duncan and KC over there. Like I said, I'm still listening. <laughs> Bring it harder. You're roasting. Hey, Joe, pause, but go ahead. Then no pause on that. All right. So bring your roast game uh, to a, a better level. I, I don't know. Bring it hard. You see, Corey, that's not where I thought what? you were going with that. Where I thought you were going to say, you know, rare breed from the beginning of the year, the rare breed that faced against VIC and the U versus the Nightcrawlers from the beginning of the year. To be honest, if, if that's the team you want to choose, rare breed, rare breed beats Nightcrawlers three out of three because Bagway wasn't the quarterback. Well, that, that's fair, but I'm saying let's let's what I was assuming from the 2022 season is the early season health and confidence of Buck. Right. A lot of the conversation we've been having about Buck in the playoffs is, is the you know, was he ailing a little bit? Was he fatigued? Was he, you know, hurting from a long season? And did that affect his play? Let's take that out of the equation. Let's also add the uh, the full complement of Nightcrawler's players and let's say 
that knowing what they know now and learning from the mistakes that they made last year, especially in that game specifically, I'm going to assume that the competitive spirit is going to drive them upwards. But where I was going is, is that the guys that defected from Florida to go out to Nevada and are playing for the Insomniacs, Insomniacs, I said that really weird, um, Rashad Davis and Mark Cooper, what I heard from them is that the culture in Florida is not a winning culture, but a fun culture. Uh, let's make highlights culture. I'm trying to get on Instagram and Facebook culture, not let's buckle down, put in the work so that when we're up 24 to 20, we walk out of there with an easy victory because we can, we can pound the ball. We can pound that shit, pause, <laughs> to get the dub. And I don't know. I don't know. What do you guys think? Are, is, is that the Florida team that you think you're going to see, Rob? Or can we expect more of the same, you know, flashy, look at me, primetime type ball that we have been hearing is the book out on Florida, at least of, you know, October I mean, 17th, much, as we talk to you now in 2022. Much, much respect for that take from, you said it was Rashad Davis. Or was it – who was it? Who said that? Well, on our show, when I asked Mark Cooper who to blame, Mark Cooper, he was joking, Mark right? Cooper. He was joking, but I was saying, who to blame for the rare breed? And he, and he said – and he was joking. He was trying to make light of it. He said, right. that's Florida ball for you, right? And he that's an actual quote. No, he said and that's also, the culture. Scott Davis was explaining that one of the reasons he wanted to go to Vegas is because he didn't believe in the brotherhood. He didn't think that Florida was, was on the same page. And also, he wasn't on the playoff roster for those teams, and didn't you know didn't suit up in those games. Yeah, so maybe so he, he, has a, he has a he has a, a a a wrong perspective of everything. Yeah, his perspective to me is insane. But um, as far as um, well, I'm blanking on the you, you say so much. I forgot what you first said that I'm supposed to be responding to. The Nightcrawlers are they going to do the 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 right football thing? And use that that loss and their team the right way so that they win, or are if, we going to get if, more of the same? No, if everyone stays, Corey, we've been on teams where that was the case out in New Jersey. We've gone through that phase. Those are phases. Those are A seven phases. When when the talent is there, but you can't bring the talent in, or when you have the potential talent there, but guys haven't hit the gym hard enough. Those are all phases. And in the brotherhood phase, those are all phases that every team, in my opinion, should be going through in order to then then push over that edge to break into a, a top four seed or a final four or a championship run. Every team that's won the championship in 87 has gone through each of those phases. So in my opinion, I look at those two guys a little, a little side eyes and with a squint because instead of going through the trials and tribulations, of whatever Florida football is, or trying your best to build a brotherhood, you run to Vegas where you feel like you can go make one there. What happens? Okay, what happens? That's cool. You ran to Vegas to do that. When Florida gets it together, and I'm not saying if, I'm saying when, because there's, come on, guys, there's no divisions that we're going to believe in more than Florida and eventually Texas, right? We know that. that, that those are football states. Those, that's football country over there. So, yes, it's going to take them a little bit. But once they figure it out, Florida will be a force to be reckoned with. Well, so how about this, Rob? Is, 
Are they going to hop back on that flight to go back to Florida to then try to bond with the brothers that's over there? Are they going to stay in Vegas? Well, how about this? You're 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 thinking that the Nightcrawlers are in that stage of a seven where they realize that you know just showing up playing good football isn't going to beat the great teams. To be right. great, you have to be great, right? So, right. Let me ask you this: Let's assume that right now and until the season starts, including the regular season, that they are great, that they're doing the right things. Last week, we had on Curtis Pacman Jones from the Vegas Force, and I forced him into giving us an AP top. You know, I think he ended up at six. He put the Gators in front of the rare breed, which was interesting. But he also put the Force, the rare breed, and the Gators in front of the Florida champs. So let's say that he had him at, I, I believe, six, right? Yeah, he had him at six, because that's insane, bro. That's insane. Listen, guys, this, listen, 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 listen. If you're gonna well, ask where me, do you rank? Where do you rank I'll, the Nightcrawlers? I'll give it to you right now. Right things. I'll give it to you right now. Call it a hot take. Everybody get offended. Be upset. The Nightcrawlers I saw against Rare Breed. If that team got it together, they are the number three team in the A7FL. There's no question, and it's it's kind of it's baffling me how people don't see that. The Nightcrawlers were doing so well, it, people started thinking they could beat the U. This league is a, it, this league is about matchups and styles. Certain styles beat certain styles. One year, the U lost to, by 50 points to an Immortals team that just stylistically they, they couldn't match up with. It's about matchups in this league. And so, we just got to be honest here. Mark Bagway passes the eye test. That defense on the Nightcrawlers Passes the eye test. It's just they play around a little too much. You saw the pitchbacks, a, a couple turnovers that were unnecessary. They were dancing before the, you know, the they didn't respect the game. The game didn't respect them. But that same Nightcrawlers team, you put them in the same division where they have to play BICs and, and Snow Tribes and the Gators regular season. That's the number three team in the league, hands down, hands down. And they, I don't see, I don't even see how it's a question. Well, you say they're three, which means that BIC, the BIC, the U, Nightcrawlers, Nightcrawlers. How much? How much better did BIC get? BIC is the best (laughs) right now. But how how much more? How much more can they raise the level of where they are now? I I would argue that they're pretty close to where the ceiling is for them, which is high. And I'm not trying to say that they're not good. I'm trying to say that. From from 2022 to 2023, I don't see them improving leaps and bounds, let's just say. Is that fair to say? Uh, no, not necessarily, and here's why. Here's why. Okay. To say BIC can't improve is to almost say last season they were perfect. I am one of BIC's big, biggest critics because heavy is the head that wears the crown. Yeah, you won the chip, but it doesn't matter. Like, it, when, when the, you won the chip in 2021, there was flaws on that team that then – spun around and reared their ugly heads the following season to then cost them a championship. So BIC's has some simple flaws. Their O-line is sturdy. KWAC has to be a permanent fixture in that offensive line. Their defense is very good, but it's very good because of one person. Take it, fellas, I know it's going to upset you. It's very good because of one person. Verardi 
if you can find another variety, which I'm hearing that they did, they have a another a literal another variety on the opposite side, then yes, BIC will will be leaps and bounds better than they were the year before because it was hard enough blocking one guy. You couldn't block the one guy. If there's another guy just like him, you might be looking at one of the best defenses that A7 has ever seen. You know, we can argue that with the, you know, the A7 historians all day. But BIC's defense can still do a little bit better. Just a little bit. BIC's receivers, and those guys know who I'm talking to, they can improve so the game is not sitting on top of Asante, Asante's head and Steri's head. And hopefully Courage can make this play. Those receivers have to step up because it, it, that's, that's how it has to be. You can't sit comfortable at the top because these other teams are not going to wait for you to get get better. Oh, BIC's coming. No, no. If BIC gets complacent, they get lax, there will be another team that will knock them off the throne. And again, for the foreseeable future, I see BIC coming back home with at least two other chips before a team actually wakes up and realizes how they play, who they should play where, what they should do. What It's all about the matchups when it comes to that. I spoke spoke with someone today on the phone about next season and they were insanely confident that the night crawlers will be walking out next year with the title. They, they believe. I think think where I was going, Rob and, and all right. So the scary thing is, is I think, you also have have convinced me about BIC being able to improve because if you really think about it, unlike the BIC team in the first championship run that kind of built up to win that championship and, and started to kind right. of the cracks started right. to break down because the guys had already kind of put into work. This BIC foundation is, is, is one of those like Yankee dynasty type young foundations on the beginning. So they can't improve. And, you know, that will be interesting to see. Um, the reason I was asking is because if you really look at it, one of the things that I don't expect as as a huge jump of improvement, although there is a lot of young players, so it is something to be said there, is that their understanding of the high level of A7 isn't going to jump, uh, you know, at least that specifically isn't going to be a huge jump. The U, I would say, Rob, and I'll ask you again, and, you know, this will be an interesting, fun way to see where it goes. But the U, I think from 2021 to 2022, I don't think they improved. I'd say they they, they declined, right? I mean, in rankings, obviously they did. But, um, you know, you hear from Ryan Shamar, he's saying that they were playing 50% of their capacity and all these things that, may, you know, were, were a great thing to hear from a guy who was responsible and the manager of that team, you know, falling on a sword. But I will also say this, the U's been the oldest roster in the league for a really long time. And I'm not going to be, I'm not going to be the guy that says that, but I would say that that's going to eventually have an effect. I mean, Corey, it did. And not eventually it did. So so you would agree that you would agree that from 2021 to 2022, the, the U declined, right? We got, guys, we just got to be honest here, right? I'm, it's, and and I, I just, I hate talking about this. I say it every time on the show because I, I wasn't on the team on 2022, but I was in 2021. And it's almost like I'm tooting my own horn saying, hey, when I left, things went down the drain. But that's not really what I'm saying. 
But when I was there, we were still old. <laughs> we were old when I was there. When me and Mason and we were all we were we were there and we were old. I felt it. I know they felt it. These guys were sore. Like after the game, we were sore. That's why when we beat BIC in twenty twenty one, I knew how dangerous that team would end up being the following year. Because these are we just beat a bunch of kids. We beat them, but we beat a bunch of kids with a, with a few vets there. Even though in age, let's say Sterry's not a child in age, in the league, Sterry was a rookie. We beat a rookie quarterback who pushed us to the edge. Uh, that same rookie quarterback gave Ace and the Gators that year one of their biggest, you know, biggest, most competitive losses in that in the Gators franchise history. Those, those were rookies. Those, those were babies. But those babies got those legs under them. And they understand, again, it's about matchups. They, they understand what to do against the U. They faced them already. Like, they're, they're not scary anymore. Once you face them a few times, it's not as scary. That's how Baltimore was able to come through and sneak a championship from under New Jersey and PA at the time's noses because everyone gets laxed at a certain point because it's like, hey, we look at the schedule. We know this. We know that. And the Immortals came through and knocked everyone off their pedestal just to go up to Baltimore and get smoked because they did. There's no way in hell that the Immortals could lose to a PA team. I mean, to a Baltimore team, right? That's what we thought. But things change in this league like that. Like the change of the, the, the guard changes. And that loss that the U took in 2022 was the U giving the reins, so to speak, to BIC. Because they, they, they run the yard now. And it was they, three. They, it wasn't just the one loss, which we made. No, that, no, I'm talking about the one loss that gave them the chip. That loss. Which would have which which meant more than the two that happened earlier. Right. But when it, it was it all three, Ryan, yeah. when it was you all know, three, we could start talking three? about passing the torch. You know what when I'm doing if I'm Ryan Shamar? Well, what are you doing? I'm calling DeAndre Haynes. I'm straight up calling DeAndre Haynes for one hey, reason. Man. Hey, Matt. You know that I've been I calling mean, DeAndre Haynes, so I'm I sure mean, a lot I mean, of us... If we're, talking about, if we're talking about making certain movements to... to we, we can't... My thing is, be, yes, the you can do that, but the you on a much smaller scale has brought in new players. You got Jakari Mims. Um, in 2021, you had... um I forgot his name, but it was... His, on his jersey, he had the Omega symbol. His name was Viral. There, there was a couple of younger guys that were there. That were, yeah, they got the honey, know, the, the guy Honey Badger. Honey Badger, right? There was a few guys that were there that were able to keep the balance between my old wash ass and then Jakari Mims, who's a young spring chicken who's out here running, you know, running up and down the field. There was a there was a balance there that I felt like maybe in twenty twenty two. That balance was gone. A few guys didn't come back. A few vets didn't come back. But if the here's why I say that because if it's still going to be Quattro Huffin behind center next year, and we know that the name of the game in the A7FL right now is pass rush, and you have the tallest and most destructive player in the league joining the defensive player of the year with a team that was like plus a hundred. In terms of of defense, in in terms of scoring defense, 
you've all you have found a way to counterpunch because the the game's going to be won by defense next year. The offenses are going to be insane, but it's going to have to be the great defenses that sustain. We know that Baltimore, the rare breed, has it. We know that the Gators have had glimmers of it. We know that the Nightcrawlers, up until the end of that game, were playing amazing on defense. And the Vegas Force talked highly about their defense and had a pretty solid defense last year. But if you can't answer for Verardi on the offensive line, you need to find a guy who will fuck up his team as bad as you can. And that's I and I agree with you, Matt. But to counter that, DeAndre Haynes. Why do I gotta have all the hot takes today? DeAndre Haynes and Verardi, in my opinion, let me be very clear, in my opinion are not comparable. DeAndre See, Haynes does too much, and therefore he can't give 150% on D-line like you would like him to, right? But then and if then, you bring him to the U, you don't need him at tight end. You don't, very true. You don't need him at tight end. But DeAndre Haynes is very blockable. He's been blocked before. But if he, you he, set he him up on the that. weak side... If you set him nah, up on the weak side and then you have Isaac as the strong side linebacker or just as a linebacker, that can facilitate that extra rusher. What I think what I think Rob is saying is because no one would, would claim that Dondre Haynes isn't gonna make a team better. No, he's not trash. But what I think he, is what I think there. what I think Rob is saying is is that Dondre Haynes incrementally makes the U better, where Dondre Haynes would make other teams exponentially better. Right. That's if Dondre Haynes is a fair goes assessment. to, yeah, Haynes goes to BIC or the U. But do they need to be significantly much. better if they were just one point away from winning the championship? Well, Ryan, yes, Ryan they, said yes, they on do. Hold on, wait. Yes, they do. Yes, they do. They need to be because yo, they lost by that one point, but that one point is BIC being that much better. BIC's entire offense was strong the second half, if I'm not mistaken. That second half, BIC's offense didn't do anything. It was BIC's defense that did the most. So if I'm the U and I'm looking to recruit, I'm not looking at my D-line like they did something wrong. I need to recruit an offensive lineman that can move his ass. Because well, they, I'm, look, I'm looking at the available options right now. I'm looking at players that we, you know – on teams that weren't in deep in the playoffs that are elite level or near elite level who on the offensive line in the e on in the Eastern conference can add to that U offensive line in an exponential way. Well, Ryan did say on the spot that he's looking at guys to add and we he didn't know who it is. And I'm not sure we know who it is, but I do know that I don't Rob's right in what, what I think the U's mindset is, is, is they're not coming in here to just try to run it back and just, you know, say, throw up their hands and like, oh, well, we played 50% of what we could do last year. If we raise our level, we'll be better. I do think that they're out there looking. I think every team could benefit, Matt, from a guy that may be in the top five best players in the league, especially when you consider that he plays both sides of the ball at an elite level. Um, he does Defensive, things. De defensively. DeAndre Haynes is in the top top five, guaranteed, and arguably top three, arguably. And at tight end, when he's when he has a quarterback that can throw him the ball, 
you know, I know a little bit, I guess, from firsthand. Top he is an arguably top five. An un, he is an unstoppable ball catcher with his seven foot two wingspan. You know, you basically just have to throw it near the guy and he's going to snatch it. And he's still, what's scary, guys, he's still getting better. He's still learning more about the game and getting better. But I've seen Andre Haynes block two, three men in one play at the same time. You know, Bobby Newman is is, is famous for, you know, that, that one hit last year where he bowling ball, you know, he, like he pool cue balled a guy into another guy. I've seen Dondre with each hand block a guy. But I've also seen him leap over another human being. So, you know, that would be an interesting thing to see where he ends up. up. <clears throat> Dondre, you already know. Oh, but let so let so talking about the number two team in our hypothetical AP poll, and I think it would be interesting is after we talk about some of the 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 macro, I mean the micro, we get into more of the macro and kind of you know rank some of these teams and you know maybe put a preseason where we're at now because that's fun. But you were we were talking about the nightcrawlers before, and then we talked about them getting better and maybe getting the number three, and that was a hot take from Rob. Rob, let's let's steam that thing up a little bit more. If the U declined from 2021 to 2022, is it fair to say that they could they could raise the level of their play, but there's also a chance that they might stay even, or maybe there's even a further decline, whether it's guys leaving, guys changing, guys getting older? Is that fair to maybe yeah, say? There's a there's a fair chance to say that the U plateaus and stays at number two and hovers over three next season. Okay. I'm, I have no problem with that kind of assessment. And even then, this is this is them being knocked off of number one for um, five, six years. Like, holy, like that that's that's insane. Yeah, no, no disrespect one. to what the guys are doing, yeah, have done, yeah. or will do. There's right? no disrespect, but they lost but in the championship. For they the lost. conversation, I think what's yeah. interesting, Rob, is that when we started this whole long thing. We were talking about the Nightcrawlers and A7FL stages. Let's say that they, they do the right thing. They do everything to be great next year. And they go from that stage where A7 teams are, where they don't know how to win. And now they're doing all the right things to win. Let me ask you this, Rob. And your hot take before was a good one. So let's heat it up. If the Nightcrawlers learn and improve their the 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 winning formula, you know, doing the right things in the offseason, doing the right things in the game, learning the game, seeing the top level and knowing where they have to be, where the where the bar is set. Is it fair to say that they have a chance at the championship next year? Um no. <laughs> no. So 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 I'm so sorry, they're bro. they're still they're still a year two years away they're still two years away because I, what i said on this show a little bit earlier is that bic is running the table for two solid years that third year we'll we'll see well we can we can talk about it on that third year but next 2023 and 2024 2023 belongs to bic 2024 let's make it interesting let's yeah, make it let's interesting make it and say that ashanti worthy and Kason Campbell gets signed by the USFL. Interesting. Oh, BIC is done. <laughs> wow. No, no, so no. I'm, then joking. BIC... I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm joking. So, so, so let's 
let's say Ashanti Worthy and Kaysan Campbell. You know, not only are their highlight tapes, but also their their football acumen and you know individual right. skill set gets them right. to where I think that they might even deserve to be. But I, I'm going to be selfish and say that I hope that I see them in a seven NFL uniforms next year, yeah. just not across I'm, I'm not across the field from the Snow Tribe Yard Show. So, so you're saying if they were to be away from BIC, what would happen, right? I've been very critical on BIC's secondary wide receivers. If those, if number one and number two are gone, all those other guys, and they know who they are, have, they can't play like they did during the championship year. They have to. Well, we know who they are. We know who they are, and they're champions. Yeah, we but what about well, what about the ki- guys like Ricky Tate? What about Kate? Uh, what about uh, Jason Sisson? It's not enough. It's not enough. Cohen. It's not enough. Cohen. They're, not enough. they're not enough. What about KC Fantasy? KC, not enough. <laughs> I love KC, but no, those guys are not enough as I see them right now. It's up to them to go at it and improve. Well, I mean, right now they do have a shot to worthy of Casey Campbell. So I'm just saying, let's say they don't. <gasps> is Sterry Codrington uh, and, and BIC without Ashanti and uh, Case uh, able this, this to is, run the is, table as easily what, as we think? What you're saying is what my argument was why Ashanti Worthy, in my opinion, was MVP versus yes. Sterry being Offensive Player of the Year. So, in my opinion, Ashanti, you remove Ashanti and Kaysan Campbell off that team, we're not telling you BIC is going 5-5. Five and five. I still think BIC will go 8-1. and one. And the one loss they'll take is probably to a championship team that understands how to maneuver around them without those two, quote-unquote, exciting players. Sterry can't do it alone. And I'm very disrespectful. We're very disrespectful on this podcast for thinking if those two left, that Sterry's by himself, he still has courage. Yeah, and courage yeah, exactly. is still courage, you know? So I'm not telling you that they'll lose three, four games a season. What I'm saying is that is a huge loss in teams like the U, where without a KK, a Kaysan Campbell, and without a Shante Worthy, there is no them winning the championship in 2022. Kaysan Campbell switched to, the, to play cornerback and made the stop that they needed for the U not to go up on them in the fourth quarter. Ashante Worthy caught how many passes? So those two guys are big factors on that BIC team. You remove them, yes, BIC will still be competitive because Sterry Codrington and Courage Mosey are those guys, but they will not be a championship team. So in 2023, because you were just talking about it in 2022, so in 2023, those guys, USFL, XFL, some version of amalgamation. Want to bring the A7FL to your town? Well, you're in luck. Between now and October 1st, we are still taking applications to buy a division in the American Sevens Football League. Join Columbus for our 2023 season now. For more information on it, go to a7fl.com slash owners. That's a7fl.com slash owners. Get your piece of the future of football and bring us to your town. there it's matt ryan are you enjoying this a7fl podcast well i'm glad you are because that means you can give us money that's right you can buy our merch right now at tinyurl.com 
slash A7FL merch. That's tinyurl.com slash A7FL merch. Up there right now, we have some Thick Boy Season merchandise. We've got some Hus Hus shirts. And also, we've got some Corey Hammond-related merchandise coming soon. A Corey Hammond, Corey Hammond's t-shirt, hoodie, and a whole lot more. You can get all of them right now, sent to you nice, comfy, and cozy at tinyurl.com slash A7FLmerch. And also, you can find it in the show notes. Now back to that podcast you like. Of the two, NFL, who knows? So you're saying the Nightcrawlers are, are then maybe either the second or have a chance at the championship, if that's the case? I, I still, that defense, though, the BIC defense, and if they add oh, another variety, like that's the problem is like when you take away the BIC's offense, if you take away their two, his two best receivers, Sterry Codrington is still, if, if you may not agree with the most valuable player in the league, he's right up there. And you know, he's, he's offensive player of the year. I, I think Sterry Codrington on anyone's offense boosts their attribute points about 25 plus 25 if Sterry Codrington is on your sideline. Calling plays like he's a genius, and and then you look at, and then if you look at bringing back Courage Mosey at tight end, you still have that veteran presence there. You you and also it's not like Kenny Stansbury isn't trolling the best flag teams in New Jersey to try to find the next case on and and also remember the Varardis have friends and these guys are elite level athletes so. What All happens? Right, we keep talking about the other recruit. priorities. It's, it's is this guy like a recruit. fraternal twin? <laughs> I don't know. It's literally, from what I heard, it's literally. I think the variety we got is Big Brother. I think there's two more. There's three more. It's three more, and I, what I'm, from what I'm hearing, the youngest one is the strongest. <laughs> well, That's I not know good. That there's more. There's four Gronkowski's that made the NFL, and one's a Hall of Famer. So. You know, hopefully, Look, like, right, right. But like still, if you have four brothers just... on a team, they're all going to try to fight one guy or each other. So I'm legit. It doesn't, if they're all playing together, it might be a Voltron situation. I well, mean, whoever, whichever variety is sick and tired of, of their older brothers all up in the videos, you already know. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I also want all of the varieties to be on BIC, so it's just easier for me when I'm calling the game. So just every Variety, once in a while, tackle by variety, sack by variety, like holy. No, you'll have to do a bit where you're calling the play like the guy from V for Vendetta, and every word has to just be a V. <laughs> variety vivaciously, Victor is. Oh, oh I I'd I'd probably lose my tongue. I I do think. BIC's defense is good enough. Like I said, I didn't say these guys are going to lose three, four games. They might lose one because what also makes BIC a threat, the fact that you can't stop them and they can stop you. But if they can stop you, but you can stop them, it, it puts them in that same kind of sort of bubble. And without without um, a shot say worthy taking a kick return for 50, even without him scoring on those kick returns, he gives them great field position. Let's not let's not take that away. Special teams. I hate people. Special teams is an aspect of this game that we kind of we love it. It's exciting, but I feel like it doesn't get enough credit. And that's one of the reasons why Shanti is so valuable in my eyes. 
what he does on special teams, because I have to face that in 2021. I was on the sidelines, eyes wide open, almost jaw dropped when we thought this kid was going to take it back. You've seen the checks he made on two young cornerbacks in our in our league right now, maybe in the top five of cornerback. You saw that catch? He called yeah. on two people. That catch was phenomenal. This is what you Go take away. Go see it now if you're a fan and you, and you haven't seen it before. Yeah, Go this is now. what you take Literally. away if you get rid of a guy like that. And again, I'm not telling you Steri's a bum. I'm not telling you Courage is a bum. I'm telling you they lose one game and it might be the championship game. Because with Verardi, with Steri, with Courage, they can still beat most, and most if not all the teams that they still beat. But I'm telling you, like a team like the U, they see Ashanti missing. They see Kaysar Campbell missing. They smell blood in the water. That's blood in the so water. So that's the if the U get to a championship game. But let's, so let's say this. Let's say this, mm-hmm. right? So basically where Rob stands is that 2023 for every team in the A7FL, because if the Nightcrawlers can't raise their game, if we're saying that the U even is going to you know, fall short, you know, basically what Rob's saying is everybody listening, every other team, you know, get ready for those consolation prizes because it's going to be a rough one. Oh, but let's just keep going. I think I think we can clearly say that going into next year, it's pretty clear to say that the 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 BIC, the Brothers in Christ from Trenton, New Jersey, are the AP preseason number one number returning one. champs. Hands down, right? Hands down. Two, number two. I'll, I'll put you in a corner, Rob and Matt. I want to hear from both of you. In 2023, based on all the things that we've heard and all the things that we just mentioned, who's your number two AP team? Is it the rare? Uh, excuse me. Is it the Nightcrawlers? You go from first, Tampa, Matt. or is it the U from Patterson? I still got to go Patterson U if the if it's still constructed the same way right now, because they've been in three of the last four championship the last four championship games. They don't seem if the way the season breaks out the way that I think it might break out, we might see those two teams play in the we might see BIC in the U in the final four. We don't know how that we don't know what's gonna happen. We could see the BIC and the U in the final four. We could see the U catch the BIC on a bad day in the regular season. There's for me and BIC was only two points better than the U in the championship, too. Yeah. And maybe we can even break it down. Those two points could be breaking down to the the one and a half, maybe half yard that separated uh Dakari Mims from the uh two point conversion there to tie it. Yeah. So and, number two, we got the U. Yeah. Number three. I'll give you guys the choice of the Nightcrawlers or the Rare Breed. <sighs> Rob, you got this one. Rob's thinking hard. <laughs> and it is a hard one. No, Matt. I, You He's know, for me, I'm going to go with Tampa. Okay. Because there are less questions about who's going to be leading that team next year. There's not, they're not walking in with a quarterback controversy. Sure. There, there've been some rumors about Mark Bagway, but they've been mostly so far unfounded. And if they still retain that same level of defense and that same level of pressure and intensity, I think they're a destructive force because they had, they roll deep. Speaking of the force, Matt, 
And then Rob, what do you think? Three or what, three or four? You would agree? Wait, what, I'm sorry, I didn't, I didn't hear what Matt said. I, I got dropped real quick. So what was Matt's three and four? No, Nightcrawlers is three. Yeah. Oh, what was your three? Nightcrawlers. Nightcrawlers. I, I have to agree with Matt again. You're not listen. We're we're analysts. We are in that booth. We, it's, <laughs> it is our job to watch these guys. And if we give them nothing else, we give them the eye test, right? If we know nothing else. Those three teams are not going to be moved as of as for what we just saw in the last season. So again, if Matt, you said Nightcrawlers at number three, I have nothing. I have nothing to say. I agree completely. So four. Let me say this. <laughs> yeah, I know where Rob's probably going to go. Yeah, I think it gets messy at number four. I rare, think we're going to start seeing four. Rare breed or four at number four. I'm going rare breed. Rare breed, hundred percent. Why is the let me be nice. Let me be no, nice. Here's, Vegas, here's the Vegas Force are the Western Division champions from 2022. Yep. And regardless of what we say, they did like like uh, Curtis Pacman Jones was saying on the podcast. They did an offense that you know was able to find ways to score points in their division, and they were only asked to beat the teams that they played, the Snow Tribe and BIC. They lost every other team that played BIC lost. The the U lost three times. They're the number two team. You know if this was college. They would look at those three losses maybe and just be like, oh, well, we got to put them down, you know, below the one loss teams, but we know better and we're better analysts than most guys. Exactly. So, so the rare breed are four. And now this is where I think it gets really interesting. How much weight do you give to winning that? I I would put the force. Outcome? I would put the force at five. I would legitimately put no. the force at five. Because what team, what team other than the force would rank up there for you, Rob, as the Gators. better than the force. The Gators. Gators with CP3, because we are talking AP preseason no, 2020. We're, we're, we're talking AP. I'm talking about the Gators that lost in the final four. That same Gators team is better than the force team that they I don't think a force they team both, but the problem is, Rob, they both have the same problem. They don't know who's gonna be a nah. quarterback. Well, yeah. how about this? We know that for 2023, according to our show and the word of our guy, CP3, a championship-winning quarterback, is going to take over the helm for the Gators. I And for also, you got to look at it like this, Rob. The Gators are going to have the tougher schedule. No, true. I'm, and here's the thing. I think we're saying the Gators are going to have the tougher schedule as if the Gators haven't been down this swamp before. No pun intended. These guys are vets. The Gators have been – they've been down these roads. They face these types of teams. The force cannot beat the Gators. Therefore, the force can't be better than the Gators. Whether I don't Gators know about put, that. I, I don't. The Gators can literally put fly at quarterback. And I still think they do better than the force. They I'll ask you this, Matt, because I, I think I'm going to end up, and I, I actually really respect what Vegas is doing. My guy, Curtis Pacman Jones, is a playmaker. And I think the 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 criticism on Rock Briscoe is a little bit too harsh. I think it's fair. I think he should, you know, he should take responsibility at he needs to play better for his team to win. But I also don't think that he's as bad as he looked against BIC, which was the best defense. And but let me and, ask you this, Matt: Who was the best defense that we saw against BIC? Maybe other than the U. But even at times when, you know, they were dominating. Well, I, really I, that would have been the rare breed to me, but. But in the playoff run, I would say the Gators okay. in, in that, that game where they where we said it was the cursed jerseys, I think half of that cursed jerseys, you know, look for the 
BIC offense in that in that final four game against the Gators last year, I think that was the pressure and the 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 personnel of the Gators defense, which I think is one of the legit. You know, they I, gave the I, they gave the U the, a hard time in the early part of the season as well. Matt, Matt, look at it like this, right? We said BIC would still be good without two of their top players, even if it's not a quarterback, because BIC still has a good defense. The Gators still have a very very good defense. Regardless of what you know, what trials and tribulations they went through last season, because the quarterback situation was screwed up. But what? You know, but here, that, but, but, but here's to my point. Year, let me get let me ahead. get to my point. When you if you're using the BIC as the litmus test, the BIC played hard for three and a half quarters against the force and decimated them, dog walked them. Right, right. But the the cursed jersey game we're talking about. What was the one thing all three of us were trying to figure out at the end of it? And we had conversations with players and management after that game about, were they dogging it? Were they trying? So if I'm looking looking at it through this prism, they tried more against the force than they did against the Gators. That, to me, shows that if the top team... If the top team is respecting one team more for whatever reason, or looking to be bring their A game against one team over another, that means they have that, and also winning the division championship top uh, in their first season in the first season of that of that division of that region. For me, that's a sig a biggest signal as any. If I I will say this right now. Wait, if I call a BIC player right now, right this second, they will, if I say, you guys tried against the force, right? They'll laugh. They'll laugh me off the phone and hang up. But, but did they, but then when, but they showed up to that game, they played with a little piss and vinegar in that game. Because there was some, there was some heavy meaning, but because the force asked to get the ass kicked. They but were even, but it's a play, but it's a game against a team you barely beat a year ago. You talking about you, the Gators? But yeah. the Gators, they didn't, they weren't laxed against the Gators. I, I, look, we, we, they weren't laxed against the Gators. The Gators are better than we're giving them credit for. Number one. Number two, you can say it was the red jerseys because they're cursed. That's two. And three, that game was still looming over their heads. They were winning, and, and we didn't feel like they were winning. We felt like it was a poor performance. We felt like Sterry wasn't Sterry. We felt like guys looked a little slow. It, it wasn't a good look for them, and they still beat the dogs out of, out of the Gators. Yeah, well, what but we're that's talking what... about, though, is, is which is a better team, the Force or the Gators. I mean, I think and it's Matt, clear. I think, I, it's think, clear. I think what you said, Matt, though, is a little bit uh, interesting um, because – when I hear people say that, oh, you know, we really didn't even try. You know, we, we weren't even doing that good. Like, the, the argument that Ryan Jamar <laughs> came on this podcast and said about his squad, that's, that's a group of champions and guys that I feel like w- should be better than that. I haven't been, you know, offending anybody on this podcast. And for that, I apologize. <laughs> so let me change that up and say wow. – that when somebody says that, oh, uh, you know, we we really didn't, you know, give our full effort. That's fucking bullshit, loser talk. Because everybody wants to have an excuse why they lost. You know why the U lost to BIC is because they weren't fucking better that day. Period. 
It was some Ryan excuse Shamar. all they could. Uh, we, you know, Ryan Ryan Shamar, you walk wait, out wait, there. wait. Ryan hey, Shamar what? said that they said you guys lost because you were worse than BIC. It was nothing to do with that. Did he, he say that they, they were playing sixty percent of their capacity? Not because not because they weren't giving effort. It's on his behalf. On nah, he I mean, but like I said, that's, that's bullshit. No, that's None of those guys went problem. into those games thinking that if they gave seventy percent, that that would be okay. All of them went there to win, and those 100%. times that they lost, they lost. The sixty percent capacity comes from Ryan Shamar himself. Because he had other engagements that was pulling him away from, from the U. But th- that sixty percent is not is not on Patrick Colburn. It's not on Easy. It's not on um Kyle. It's not on on Huff. Those guys were playing full tilt, a hundred percent, and they, they just lost. Yeah, and that's they okay. And that's all I'm saying. Right. Is that's okay. Let's yeah, not try to give them an excuse that basically. But anyway, I I mean honestly, Rob, at the end of the day. I just had to piss somebody off. I think hopefully I do. They're gonna, um, and we know, and we are you talking on this show pisses people off? Yeah, you're going to have to play them next year. I wish you the best, Corey. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I still play, because if I'm going to talk this, I'm going to be about it. I, you know where I'll be. Everybody in this league, you know where I'll be. I'm not going anywhere. It's not like Listen, by man, this time it's next all year, come I'm going to be 210 <laughs> pounds, which I already am Corey. right now. I All really right, so let's get back to our Hold on, hold on. Rob, Rob, let Rob go. Yeah, I All just right, don't want to hit one of those classic damns when, when they hit you, because <laughs> that's going to hurt me, okay? If they hurt Welcome. you, they hurt me, Corey. Welcome to the A7FL Games of the Week. I'm Matt Ryan, joined as always by Big Rob Fabian and the ghost of Corey Hammond. Guys, we have a big game today. Corey will be giving us a non-corporeal correspondence tonight as we'll be floating over. This, the stadium here this afternoon in Asbury that's Park. Tough. That's tough. <laughs> but go ahead. Back to the AP list, Corey. So I'm the tiebreaker. Matt says force at, at five. Right. Rob says Gators at five. In right. the 2023 season, I think the one question about the Gators that we had from keeping them from being a good team, which they were in the final four. I mean, they were pretty damn good. Uh, they They at least what we hear is that they're getting some kind of answer at quarterback that I think all of us can agree is a huge upgrade from what they put out there in the final four. Okay. I wish that we could see prime John Gauze again, one of the greatest quarterbacks in our league's history. I would, I would argue, but that's not the case. And CP three will be lining up for them under center. And if he's, if he's who we think he is, which I think he is, you know, last time we saw him, you know, under center for a team taking most of the snaps. He took the Hawks to an appearance in a championship against the U, right? That, I think that, right. that speaks for itself. So my five team, I think I'm going to go with Rob Matt, and I'm going to side with him at five for the Gators in the AP poll for the preseason for 2023. That's, more than, that's more than fine with me. And also the reason we're calling it an AP, the reason we're calling it an AP poll is because I won an Associated Press Broadcasting Award in 2011. I feel old, Rob. Congratulations to my boy Matt from 2011 AP. <laughs> AP <laughs> Matt, we we call Rob a champion a champion for all of the past championship. Um, so we we will call you an award winner for your past awards. Can I can I, I walk into the can I walk into week one with it on a dookie rope? Hell yeah. <laughs> 
I mean, there are no rules for flossing uh, an award as long as. Would it be bad form if the play-by-play announcer is just wearing a dookie rope with a broadcasting award on it? I I don't think Joe Buck would do that. I don't think Joe Buck would would give us (laughs) half as good a call as you did on the case on Campbell. Oh, you're sweet. of violence. Oh, you're sweet. He makes way more money than me. (laughs) I think I think that is always going that, to be the case. That man can buy and yeah, sell that, me that with his pocket change. He's he's lost he's lost more pennies specifically in his car than I think I've been paid in my life, which is sad. So six guys. I'm about to make everybody mad. Because <laughs> I know you're you're so Go hesitant for it. to put the force in any of these ones. You know who I'm this, this oh no you know, you I'm already make snow? everyone mad. Do I no? snow? No, hell no. I would never put Snow Tribe over the force. That's insane. Then who I is it? Listen, listen, listen. I'm going to tell you, in my opinion, who I feel like the force matches up very well with. Why? Uh, a mid to a high, low tier to mid, mid tier quarterback. A decent running game, an okay defense. Are you saying a DC buzz? No. (laughs) The Renegades are number six, my boy. (laughs) The Renegades over the court. Yep. I knew I was going to get people hot. In my opinion, I'm not even bad. I'm confused. Rob, do you watch the Off, Off of what I saw, I think the greatest comparison you can make with wh- who and what the Force are and what's going on in New Jersey is the Renegades. If the Force can beat the Renegades, and the Renegades from even last season, I shut my mouth. Because what was I always complaining about when I saw the Renegades play? Quarterback, quarterback, offensive line, quarterback. What did I say when I watched the Force play? Quarterback, quarterback, offensive line, quarterback. I wasn't really complaining so much about the defense. What can they do against the monsters that they went against? But De- they didn't have a DeAndre Haynes. And the other gentleman that played you, you rank them, You rank last year's and potentially next year's Renegades team over, over the force. Over 100%. Yes. No, yes. but how about this? The DC yes. Buzz that over played the Renegades in the night game and over routed DC them. I, I, I do it over the DC Buzz, and I'm going to tell you why. The sure. DC Buzz... From everything I heard, the DC Buzz, again, I'll tell you, it's a matchup situation. The DC Buzz will probably beat the Renegades four out of five times, right? But it's because they match up well against the Renegades. Because that pass rush is absolutely nothing to, to, to the DC Buzz. Because I heard that, that big fella takes three steps and lets that thing fly. None of those defensive linemen can get to him in that time. But it's because of the matchup. That matchup just doesn't work. It's not in their favor. Well, and the DC Buzz offensive line is one of the underrated offensive lines. Very underrated. But but how about this? How about this? All right, you saw saw my guy Marshall, I think his name was, the quarterback for the Covington Heist. I, at times, I, I, at times, Rob, I felt like you were more excited about what Marshall was doing, you know, with very little A7FL experience. Than what, what the guys at the Renegades were doing over at the quarterback position. Who do you Marshall, think is the better player? Marshall has more potential and more of a window to learn because he seems like a quarterback. Kenneth so Stewart with that big of, with that big of an issue, 
with that big of an issue at the most important position in the league, you feel comfortable that the the sixth best team in the country is the New Jersey East Orange Renegades? Yep. All right, Matt, what do you think is the sixth best team? I disagree. I think it's the force. It's the I am just going to say the force because I'm not going to agree with this fucking renegades. Jesus Christ, right? And I, 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 <laughs> so you're, you're outvoted, Rob. But I would also I, say I, this. I, I think definitely I, be outvoted. But I'm going to give people that are listening to this pod right now. Do, go do your homework, guys. Go watch those games. Go watch the force. Go watch the renegades. Who did the renegades yeah. win their games against? Let's just Let's just say that. That's a terrible question. They won the games against the teams that they won the games against. The same thing the they, Vegas. They won the game against the Animals, the Snow okay. Tribe, and okay. their best win probably was my Hawks, and we were two and four. And but the Hawks you, with everybody that was there, that was a big win, bro. I didn't say that's what I said. That was their best win. Right. The, the, you think the Force could have beat the Hawks? Yeah, that's what I, I mean. Who's playing yeah, quarterback for the Hawks? Nah, who's playing quarterback? Nah, Corey Hammond's playing quarterback for the Hawks. I ain't losing it. I, I, ain't losing I yeah, it. I put my money on Corey Hammond. Right. Um, right, you know, so, but guess what? The Renegades beat the Corey Hammond Hawks. <laughs> there's a, there's a. So all right, so I think that the Renegades. My wife is laughing at me, by the way. Just so everybody, everybody <laughs> else has. But this is talking about is. next season. Yes, so, absolutely right. I think the Force are going to do better than the Renegades. I think if that we're talking about if we're talking about next season, I can agree with that. Yeah, Matt. This is a preseason poll force. for next year. So, well, I think I think Rob, to be fair, to be fair, since I said fuck you to Rob's old team, um, Rob said fuck you to me by saying he ch- chose my old team. So let's go. <laughs> um, so all right, I so think six. Yeah. we got six. We got the Force. Yeah. Okay. So now okay. not only we have the defending champs that are all from the same division, we have all of the division champs and the games. Now this okay. is where it really gets interesting. It's going to test both a, our, our specific knowledge of the teams in the division uh, in, in the divisions and b, you know what, how we really rank the divisions versus the divisions in their kind of like their interleague play. We'll say, right, right, right. So seven, I think the conversation starts with, the Covington heist who were the Ohio team, which we will obviously probably go right past because they have a lot to learn. I think that they were fun to watch, but they're not there to compete even with the teams we're talking about. I like what the DC buzz have Mm. done improving year to year. I think what they showed last year in Baltimore play and in the primetime games against the um, Hawks, which they won one of those games, but they also beat the Renegades head-to-head and they blew them out. I think that's a a team maybe we can consider. But also some of the lost teams, right? Um, You know, Curtis Pacman Jones was talking about the pit bosses, which I'm sure we're not going to include, but just as an honorable mention. And also the the California Aces, the Los Angeles Aces, who were the first team that came out here from the West, got spanked and then they lost in the championship to the force it was a really tight game i heard and then also the orlando ghost guys which i think we forget out of all of this and maybe the team that we know the least about but in the florida championship game against the full squad of nightcrawlers they were able to keep it close against the orlando ghosts were able to keep it close against tampa nightcrawlers so as much as we we speak highly of the nightcrawlers that ghost team, I think, from what I've seen and what I've heard, 
has to be pretty good. So number seven, where okay. do you where do you each go? I like I like everything you just said. I really do. It kind of put things into perspective for me. Um, I, we do have to start respecting and honoring some of those quote unquote second place teams, and I think the first one we can start that with is the Orlando Ghosts. We can definitely throw, not even throw, just put them at seven because again they gave a very close game to the number three. So I'm very satisfied with them being at number seven. That's an interesting take. Now, they lost Mark Cooper, which we'll see how that affects them. Mark said that in that championship game, they had they had other options that they were using, which is maybe one of the reasons why he's looking at other options himself. But, you know, I heard that Joey Bate and those guys were putting up some numbers. And from what I can see on film, I can't tell who it is, but I know that those guys are fast. So other than Mark Cooper, who was a big-time guy for them, I think that they are pretty good. Uh, Matt, what do you think about that seven spot? I, I think the ghost could work. I was thinking of another team before you guys made that case about Florida. Um, I think right now, I think it's Florida. Then I think it's the Aces. And then I think it's a team that might surprise people. Go on. I, I would give it to DC Buzz before I after Number eight would go to DC Buzz for me. Well, Matt, who who did you say at seven? Because you were about to go somewhere, and then I, I, I'm interested. So you it's said... the Ghosts, then it is uh, the Los Angeles Aces, and then right, I'll so put you, it... You say firmly that the Ghosts are, are seven team then? Yes. Okay, and then when we go to eight, Rob, you then Matt would say Aces. What say you? Because if you guys both agreed on seven, I can't jump in. So let's just say good, good, good job, Ghosts. Shout out to Joey Bate, the quarterback in the Ghosts. I'm not sure if it's Kyle Capaletti or Joey Bate. I've heard conflicting reports. Um, the most recent one was Joey Bate, so I'm gonna go with that. <laughs> but, uh, but all right. So, so eight. I'm gonna. I gotta give it to the DC before I go. All right. This this is a little controversial because, ah oh man, I don't know how to say this in a nice way. I'm trying my best. The Vegas Force came up here. They beat the Snow Tribe, got spanked by BIC. I got to watch them twice to see the type of team they were. For them, in my opinion, to win the championship in Vegas, they would have had to play played a team who could not beat, in my opinion, in my opinion, the Snow Tribe. The snow tribe. Yeah. You get what I'm saying? Like, it, it can, I know it, it gets a little sketchy there. It gets a little tough. So, for me, the West Coast is number two. The Aces, I couldn't put them in the AP list at all because the first time I ever saw them, I stayed home. And I didn't I even think they've improved so, over that year, though. I, I, I would hope so. They should have been the ones that came back. They let the force come back and win a game in New Jersey before they ever did. So for well, me, and I, and I could never. I mean, I I can't I can't put the Aces on on the top ten of anything. I'm I'm sorry. So for me, as long as it's not the vibe, right? You're funny. You said so. Orlando so, goes at seven because so, of how so, much people talk about. Let me about, just say this about the Aces because they got it. They got one guy out there that, from what I hear in the conversations that I have, Billy. Billy Mallard 
number four. Uh, we saw him. We saw him, bro. We saw he's him. Such a monster. He's such a monster out there that almost nobody can deal with it. But the fact is, is that all the these teams that we're talking about did. either have a guy on their roster that's similar or they've played teams that have a we've guy that's played, similar. And we've seen Bill, Billy Millard or Billy Mallard. We've seen him in that BIC playoff game. We saw him. Yes, he gets BIC. He made those boys run. Billy yeah. Billy Mallard is really one of those guys. He's like that. But he he's wasn't a, he's enough to make that game stuff. even as competitive. Yeah. Before he, he's akin yes. to a Seth Chambers. Um, he has a, you know, he's he's on that type of level. But they lost to the Force, and if I'm to, if I'm telling you, I think the Force equals Renegades. Then I also feel like Force equals Renegades, which means anybody that the Renegades beat is the same type of, you know, capacity type of level that the Force beat. So for and, me, and and when we talk to when we call, talk to Curtis Packman Jones, his opinion of his own competition out there was that he's not worried about it so that's what i would exactly, say matt is that exactly, the, the aces exactly, you know exactly. and he might have been throwing shape, but he's not he worried about it he's talking about the upper levels because i think the force are that confident because they they are a which, which might come back to bite them in the ass so, but that's that's for them so if well, when and, i went and, around and just, that went in, that faced the dc buzz i heard the same thing oh that boy got a cannon Oh, that boy let it go. Man, you can't even get a sack on him. Man, he's smart. IQ. Da, 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 da. That, that's all I heard when it came to the DC Buzz. So I can confidently put the DC Buzz at eight and and not have an issue with it. Because let's be honest, the Renegades aren't on this list, right? They're not on this list. Or did they make the You could put them on the list, but I'm not no, ready did, to say that the Renegades. I don't think they belong on the list. I think okay. there's head to head wins that would say that the Renegades I wouldn't put over the Buzz. And the buzz, no, I'm not technically, the you know, are 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 even arguably the third best team in Baltimore because, as we talk about on the show, the hit squad, the third exactly, team, you know, Air exactly. in Baltimore, they're always competitive and they only played Baltimore games last year. So, so I think what I'm going to do. At six? Who did we have at six? The Force, right? Force, it's the force and force then at the ghosts. six, then the ghosts, force six, the ghosts at seven, confidently at eight. I put the DC Buzz. I can go with Buzz. Uh, I think I think the Aces are at nine, and the Snow Tribes at number ten. Well, I think that I think that I would say the Renegades are better than Snow Tribe, and although I think going now, into heading in the next, next year season, with yeah with what we know I think now, that the Snow Tribe is not it was wasn't going to be somebody that I was you know just throwing out there because I'm obviously biased. But what do you say, Rob? So. You still put the aces up there. I would put them at nine. I I can see them being nine. They won the division championship in 2021. They almost made it to the elite eight in 2022. I I can't say that that doesn't count for something, especially when they had to face more competition. And, you know, we're pissing off a whole bunch of people in Santa Monica right now. But the point is... They they failed themselves. Hey, listen. Use this as fuel. Put this on your on your on your angry board in your locker room. You guys let the force beat you, then come out here and get smoked by BIC. If you're upset, be upset at the man in the mirror and take your ass to the gym and bring your ass on that field and show us what you got, man. I'm not listen. All these people getting upset. Come to the field and show why you upset. Don't be upset because of some words. The only guy we know coming out of LA is Billy Mallard. 
everybody else is, eh. you know what I'm saying? Like, that's it. Billy Millard. I don't, I don't even know. I want to get him on the show because I don't know how to say the guy's name. But I watched that guy play. He's phenomenal. I watched Rob, him play. I He's think, phenomenal. I don't think the type of guys that were on the Santa Monica vibe are those guys to have an angry board because they seem like the guys that clip out the good press clippings and hang only those up because that's what they're about. For Do you want to know what was in my head just now as what? as Rob was ranting? Do you need do you need inspiration in your everyday life? Do you need someone to tell you to get off the fucking couch and get your shit together? Well, Dr. Robert Fabian MD is here to give you that inspiration. Quit being a dickhead, a 45 tape collection that allows you to not be pussy. Get your ass on, boy. If your life, if your life is a six pack of ass, call Rob Fabian. <laughs> Do you look at listen, guys? Come on, I'm six not trying to shit on nine. the aces. I'm not, I'm not trying to shit on the aces. I'm not trying to shit on the vibe. The force represents the West. If you want that title, beat them, and then worry about all these other teams that you might have to beat to break a top ten list. Because as far as I'm concerned. The Covington Heights can round out number nine, and the Snow Tribe could be number ten. I don't Ooh. see the aces on his list. I, uh, you know what, the Covington, I, you know what, the Covington Heights at nine makes sense. But that, is there going to be a potential departure from the Covington Heights that we can't talk I, about? You no, know, I don't think. I don't think so. I don't think no? so. Okay. All right. So currently constructed Covington Heights, you guys think are a better team no. than the than the hypothetical Snow Tribe at nine? Yes. Yeah, because there are certain things about the hypothetical snow tribe that are still up in the air. Right. Still- you got to put that team together because guess what? That Hawks team from last year on paper looked like they should have been on this top 10 list. Yeah. yeah like they should have been top five at least on paper. But hey, things don't always work out, right? So for me, based off of potential, let snow tribe round out the number 10 which is a very good position to be in when you were at nothing the year before. You get what I'm saying? So give Covington Heights their credit because they made it out of, you know, where they at, Ohio, Cincinnati, they made it out of Cincinnati to come here and give the, give the Snow Tribe a game. Shouts to Pedro. I know it's going to sting a little bit because Pedro and company beat those guys in the playoffs to then be placed behind people. Guess what, guys? You have to be able to put a team together. You have to find seven guys that are going to get the job done. And if you can't do that, it doesn't matter how many all-stars you have on your team. If you can't get a a cohesive seven to win you a game, then it doesn't matter who's on the team. It doesn't matter if I'm there. It doesn't matter if if freaking, if RF1, Nemeth, it doesn't matter if any of these guys are there. It doesn't matter. If you can't put it together, just pack it up. You're talking so, about a lot of old guys, Rob. I don't think Snow I am. There's a reason why there's a reason why I mentioned some old guys. I definitely didn't say a Terry Codgerson or a Huff. I'm, I'm definitely saying there's an older garb of quarterback. There's a, a pocket presence type of quarterback who even I have no issue blocking for. But you have to put a team around that quarterback so he so he can get the job done. Well, I know one guy in offense that's gonna be suiting up for the A seven and making a difference on the offensive side of off for the snow trap. Who's that? Eddie Pettio. Eddie Pettio. Let's go. <laughs> yes, let's go. <laughs> but again, rounding off nine, Covington Heights, number 10, I'll give it to the Snow Tribe. 
All right. So that's actually, I, I think that's a great place to have that 10. And I don't think we should ne- list and number the rest of them. But I'll ask each of you this, not including those 10 teams, what's the most interesting team going into the 2023 season? Because that's the hardest question of all. Santa Monica vibe. That is interesting. Why, Matt? What makes them so interesting? Are you are you interested to see how they'll top the pants and maybe go with those shoulder pad uh, shirts and just, so go, and just so go straight <laughs> flying squirrels? The Santa well, Monica flying they, squirrels. They, they've lost a player. They're going to need to rebuild, and they started out the hottest team in the league and then completely fell apart. They're interesting to me to see if they're able to sustain what happened in 2022 and learn from it. They need to recruit. I think every team in Los Angeles right now needs to find every flag team, every high school athletic director with every directory of every college in Southern California and find any players with legitimate backgrounds. Because it's Los Angeles, the second biggest media market in the world. On top of that, some of the best high schools, some of the best prospects coming out of Southern California. They're losing in the market to Vegas, who are – they're having combines near Northern California, near Sacramento. So we'll wrap up with this point, but I think the most important team is the Santa Monica – the most interesting team outside of the top ten of the Santa Monica Five. My bad, right. you go. Uh, no, 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 you're right about that too. Hard work definitely beats talent when talent doesn't work hard. I'm because I would say that we would agree that LA not. should be able to put together, you know, oh, for 14 sure. guys, seven on each for side sure. of the world. Yeah. Sure. And if they're I'm not, it's the because Vegas you, is out working. Yeah, I'm going to stay on the West with you, Matt. I am. But I'm going with the Aces. And the reason why I'm going with the Aces is because there's no way Billy Mallard or Billy Millard doesn't have friends. Those guys that play at that level, those guys that play at that level always have one or two guys that they know who are almost just as good, if not better. A lineman that they know that's just as good, if not better. They know guys. If Billy can spread his wings, so to speak, and and bring in that top-tier talent, now the Aces have a case. I'm looking at the Aces. The Aces are on the clock. You were the first L.A. team to come out to New Jersey. I want to see you guys do something. So, to me, the most interesting team outside of the top 10 to keep an eye on is the LA Aces. I think that we mentioned a lot of West teams. So, other side of the ball who is there solely to complain about our coverage of their side of the ball. Um, hopefully you guys do a better job of it this week than we did because we literally talked about every team except for the team that I'm going to bring up. Because when we talked to Derek Duncan and we talked to those guys over there and in those conversations, getting to know that division, I think one of the interesting teams that we are bouncing around are the pit bosses. Yeah. And when you ask, when you ask Derek Duncan who the best guy in the division is, it was interesting because he very quickly – didn't go to a guy from the champs of his division. He was talking about Trey, uh, Trey Robinson, Trey Williams. And the fact that I can't get his name right is, is, is my fault, not his, but we're talking about a former NFL player that had a division one quarterback who got hurt. And then he was forced into that position and still 
you know, you hear Pac-Man Jones last week, he was talking about, he was excited to see what the pit bosses do. Now I'm interesting. I'm interested to see what those pit bosses can do, because if, if they are returning a division one quarterback, have a former NFL player and the, the division champ is only worried about that team and not the vibe, not the aces, not even the insomniacs, which apparently, if you talk to Donnie Nunak, the coach over there, he's about not talking, but his star player, Rashad Davis, is on their podcast touting that he has records in the A7FL when I don't think he's seen any other tape but his own. So I'm interested to see out there if the pit bosses stand up because we also have a lot of other interesting teams, but the fact is is that everybody's so close and still figuring out who's going to be on the roster, guys, that, you know, there's a lot more that needs to be determined before this gets, you know, set in stone. But a top 10, I guess, I guess, guys, almost nothing more fun to do, especially with two guys that are easily able to argue with me and call me out for being an asshole. Well, well yes, because we care about you. And I appreciate it. And this because, is like I say all the time, <laughs> I'll try. But you, you've seen how that becomes a little bit hard for me as I was yes. not able to continue to behave myself, even though I started off pretty good. Well, that's why we love you, Kitten. But that's the end of this edition of the 3-on-1 Podcast. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the 3-on-1 Podcast wherever you are listening to this. Reviews are so important if you're listening to us on Apple Podcasts. All you got to do is hit the five stars button right while you like the show. You can lie. You can say it's because you love Corey and hate me and want to take Rob to the Russian tea room. I don't know. I don't care. Just put the goddamn thing in there. Uh, but also be sure to follow us on social media. Our Twitter handles are in the show notes. And in the show notes is where you can buy merch. And if this has inspired you, if you're listening to this right now in Florida, if you're listening to this in Ohio, if you're listening to this in Nevada, California, or Boston, Massachusetts, or just the greater New England area, you're like, there's no fucking way any of those teams are better than the teams in my hometown or my home state. Prove it. Go to a7fl.com slash players as registration is now open for the 2023 A7FL season. Put up or shut up. Prove you can bring it on Sunday. And also, we want to thank you. Listen over to our friends on the other side of the ball. You can find them on your favorite podcast platform by searching A7FL. For all of us here at the A7FL, we'll see you back here in seven days' time. Or let's be honest, you're listening to these back-to-back because you're bored on the road. So we'll, we'll get you in like 45 seconds. But as always, don't be an asshole. As I discussed, I'll try. Oh!